0: Seats. We'll get started again. So once again, we want to welcome everybody to Christ Central Church. My name's Joe Crummy, one of the leaders here. I'm going to be speaking in just a moment, and we're going to continue our series on the Holy Spirit. And as you wait, make your way to your seats, I'm just going to ask Gail Pilgrim to come, and Gail just wanted to share something that didn't, we didn't get it fitted in uh, in the first part. So thanks, Gail. I just wanted, uh, because the theme that God was speaking, at least to me this morning, was all about family, and, and about um, holding each other up, I just wanted to testify to that. I had right a situation on. this week um, where I, I was desperate. And I called Betty Price. She rearranged her life. That involved Barb Glant, mm-hmm. Margaret Slade. And it wasn't, oh, well, let me see, or... I, it, they just dropped what they were doing and they stepped up, and I just want to say that God just really impressed on my heart today Yes, um, mm-hmm. everything that was said in worship. That's right. That's great, Gail. Thank you. Way to go, church family. That's a perfect, uh, really, segue into our passage today and what we're going to talk about. And I'm glad that we were able to meet today. Sorry about last week. And today I'm going to have to go through uh, in a quick uh, way, because we missed last week, um, our whole teaching on the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. And really, as we get uh, started, and I just want to, I don't know, we might have some people here from our Alpha course. If you were here at Alpha in the last eight or nine weeks, we just want to extend a very warm welcome uh, to you. I know you're supposed to be here last Sunday, and some of you might have made it for today. And one of the things we learn in our Alpha course is, really, Christianity is a lot like this. It's all about God giving gifts to His creation, and that's the starting Point. And if you think about it, God gives us the gift of creation that we're here on planet Earth. He gives us the gift of life. He gives us the gift of breath in our lungs and keeping us alive and allowing us to be here on planet Earth. He's given us the gift of His written word. So we have the Bible that we can, God reveals Himself to us through His word and leads and instructs. He's given us the gift of His Son, probably the greatest gift. He's given the gift of His Son, Jesus. And on Alpha, we learned all about. Jesus' life, why he was sent, why did Jesus have to die, that we're going to look at at Easter in a couple weeks' time. His life, death, resurrection, his ascension back to heaven. And he gives the gift of salvation, and he's the one who saves us from sin, the effects of sin. He saves us from physical death. He saves us from spiritual death, being separated from God. He saves us from hell. He gives us eternal life. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us a relationship with him. God gives and gives and gives, and even though we don't deserve it, we can receive, and that's the grace of God, and as he gives us himself, he gives us his spirit to live within us, and we're filled with the holy spirit when he does that he gives us spiritual gifts so these are different from just our own human talents and abilities he gives us spiritual gifts because it's the holy spirit in us so you have to be a christian in order to receive these spiritual gifts and basically what we're going to take a look at last time last week was all about these spiritual gifts and that as we see it's the holy spirit given in us and we see that these gifts are given to serve one another. So I fully believe, and Gail just testified to it, that people like Betty have a gift of helps. They have a gift of service. We all serve, we all can help out, but some people have a gift of helps and service that goes way beyond what our natural thing can do. And how does that bless? It serves one another. And so gifts are given to Serve. They're not to give our identity. We don't get big headed about it. They're to serve. And what we want to do is on Saturday, April the 11th, so coming up in a few weeks' time, we're going to give a day to teaching about spiritual gifts. And so we would love for everyone to be able to come. So I'm not doing justice to it here this morning. I'm just giving you a few highlights to help prepare the ground for the passage we're going to take a look at. But we're going to look at all these different spiritual gifts on. Uh, April 11th, and so we're going to give opportunity for some questions and different things. So if you can make it, we're going to record it in that. But if you can be there, we would love for you to be uh, able to be more trained and not just head knowledge, but actually put it into practice, discovering what are the spiritual gifts that God's given to us so that we can serve the body, which is incredible. We see this, that every Christian has a spiritual gift. So you might not know what they are, but if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit in you and we believe this, as the Holy Spirit's in us, because he gives the gifts, all the gifts are available, but you're probably going to function in one, two, three, maybe four gifts primarily that are going to be the ones that you have the most. But I believe because the Spirit lives in you, if you need something, he can provide it. And we're going to talk more about that on April the 11th. And then as we've experienced this morning, God gives the gift of his presence, and it's all about relationship with God, and God has created us, Adam and Eve, to have relationship with him. He walked in the garden. It was the presence of God. They were unashamed. They had right relationship with God, and we see all the way through after sin, how sin separates us when we don't obey God, when we worship other things, when our heart gets drawn towards other things, and God went through a whole process, we see in the Old Testament, of re- reestablishing his presence with his People. And we can see it all the way through from the Garden of Eden onwards. And so we had in the Old Testament, and if we looked back, we had the tent of meeting. They went there to meet with God's presence. Then they had a tabernacle. They established a tabernacle. That's where God tabernacled, that's where God manifested his presence with his people. And then David came along and he had a dream to be able to build. He's like, What's God doing living in a tabernacle? He needs a palace, he needs a temple. And God said, Solomon, your son's going to do it. And Solomon built this incredible temple in Jerusalem, and the presence of God came. And the priests were flat on their face because the manifest presence of God was evident there. And then Jesus came. Jesus came as God's presence on earth, He tabernacled with us. God became flesh. And the incredible thing is, now that Jesus has given His Spirit to His followers, Guess where the presence of God is now. Guess where the manifest presence of God is. It's when we meet together. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to meet in Jerusalem anymore. We don't have to meet in a physical building consecrated to God. We can meet in the Crown Plaza. We can meet in the Convention Center. Actually, we've met a lot of different places, haven't we? And we probably still will continue to. Doesn't matter because it's, us it's the presence of God in His people and the gift of God's presence. And what we want to take a look at today is what happens when God's people meet. And we've already experienced some of these things already this morning, and we won't have a full teaching on it. I'm just going to focus on a few things because I think they're important, and also they're probably the ones that are most confused, or ignored or misused among Christians when they meet together. And if you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, yet. I hope this maybe piques your interest to know that God is alive today and God speaks to his people and that you can become part of the people of God, that you can have a relationship with God, that you can begin to understand and hear the voice of God, and that changes every aspect of your life, now and for eternity. Woo, there's our intro. Hallelujah. All right, so let's take a look at our scripture reading for today. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at chapter 12 and some things from chapter 14. And this is Paul writing to a church in Corinth. And Corinth was an incredible church because uh, they had a lot of funky stuff going on, all right? They were on fire for God, and they had all kinds of spiritual gifts, and God was there in power, and yet they were pretty messed up in sin as well. And it's Paul writing this letter to bring order to the church and so we're going to pick it up and sorry we don't have time to do all the background but i'm trying to this would be the scripture verse we we're going to look at last week and then i'll add chapter 14 on so please come out on the 11th paul says this now concerning spiritual gifts brothers and sisters i do not want you to be uninformed that's why we're teaching this morning we don't want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans you were led astray to mute idols however you were led because we all worship something Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed and no one says Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So we have looked at some of those things already. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So doesn't that sound a bit like what Dave McLeod shared this morning about the body of Christ and that we all have strengths and things to help each other and we all have seemingly more weaknesses and strengths, but God uses us to be interdependent together. Woo! That goes right along with the Word of God and Gail's testimony. Hallelujah. We'll keep reading. to 1, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Woo! That's awesome. Now can I just say this? For all of you who like skiing and snowmobiling, and who have the gifts of faith in miracles, would you stop praying for snow on weekends? <laughs> <laughs> You've already demonstrated in the last few months that God hears your prayers, and that it can snow on Saturday and Sundays, stop, okay? Use gifts of faith and miracles for something else than snow. All right, we can continue. Amen. All right, now, we don't have time to go through all of chapter 12, but it talks about one body, many members, we all have gifts, we help each other, it's to serve one another. And then chapter 13 is a famous chapter that gets read at weddings, which is kind of funny in the context of spiritual gifts in the body of Christ, but it's kind of a famous chapter on love. So love is patient, love is kind. That's the foundation for all these spiritual gifts. And then in chapter 14, we see how the family of God, the church, meets together, and we're not quite sure, so the New Testament, we have to give some leeway here. We're not quite sure the size of these meetings. Some people think they were just small groups. Some people think they're large groups. But there's principles in there that we apply today in our meetings together, like this morning, and in our life groups at our prayer meetings. So we'll give some flexibility to how this gets worked out. But Paul writes this, pursue love, isn't that great, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. We could do a whole thing right there, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue, and we'll explain some of this, speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation, or some translations have comfort. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want all of you to speak in tongues. Interesting. But even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets that the church may be built up. And greater not in identity, but greater in the sense of blessing the whole church. Let's continue. I'm going to skip up to verse 12, so bear with me. You can read the whole chapter this week. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. And he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, when we meet together, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. We'll unpack that. If therefore, he says, the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your mind? So if they walked in this morning, we're all speaking in a different language, they'd be like, dudes, what's going on? But... If all prophesy, and an unbeliever outsider enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all, the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. And I'll explain a little bit later. We actually had that happen just a few weeks ago. And Paul continues, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation, let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. All right, we've got a lot to unpack here in just a short amount of time. But as you can see, when we meet together, and hopefully you've seen evidence of that, Each week when we meet together, even if this is your first time here this morning, hopefully you're seeing some evidence of what we see in the Word of God a couple thousand years later being practiced and experienced today. And so when we meet together on our Sunday mornings, and it's other times as well, we gather to meet together, to be in God's presence, and we're changed in God's presence, there's this joy in God's presence. We delight in God. We love being together in the presence of Almighty God, and that's only made possible through Jesus So we have access to the Father through Jesus, and that's why we're so at Alpha talking about who is Jesus, what did Jesus do, all those different things, because it's important to understand we can only get to the Father through Jesus, and then he gives us his Spirit, and we're led by the Holy Spirit. We worship, well, all of our lives are worship, but when we come together, we call this kind of time together, worshiping God together, and we do it with our heart and our mind and our strength. We do it by our singing, we're expressing our love, we're declaring truth, we're remembering that Jesus is alive, that he's Lord, we're declaring that Jesus is coming again. We as shepherds feed the flock via God's word. We as a body get to hear from each other because spiritual gifts are manifested and in use, and it's a proof and a sign and a witness that Jesus is alive in his church today. That's why we want these things to be explained, understood, and practiced well. We don't want us to be uninformed and thus as a body we have to learn to be led by the holy spirit when we meet together to seek to honor god exalt jesus and live in the power of the holy spirit and paul states that a key to this is prophecy so we're going to focus mainly on prophecy this morning just because it's the main one that gets emphasized and what day saturday april the 11th we're going to learn more about other things Prophecy is key because, Paul says, it builds up and encourages and comforts the church. And that's why it's so key. Because I don't know about you, but every week I come, I feel like I need to be built up, encouraged, and given comfort. It's an important thing. So first of all, let's break down. What do we mean by prophecy? Because sometimes it's one of those words that we don't use very often. Sometimes prophecy, we think It's talking about future events and the end times and all these things. And sometimes we think prophets. We can think guys with long beards in the Old Testament and, you know, the whole staff and all. Anyways, it's one of those things like prophecy. What is it talking about? This is really simple. Prophecy is this. It's the human report of a divine revelation. So breaking it simply down, if you're a Christian, you can hear from God and you can speak out what you're hearing from God. How's that for breaking it down? So this can be a prophetic word. God loves you. So Warren and Cheney, God loves you. That is hearing from God, it's God's truth, and just speaking it out. It's, now we're gonna d- unpackage that, but I'm just trying to make it common denominator, because I don't want it, you to just think, this isn't for me, this is for everybody else, but it's not for me, this is for you. <laughs> So we're going to start really down here. You can speak out what you hear from God, God's heart and God's mind. You can speak it out to each other to encourage and strengthen and edify and build up. Now we're going to unpackage that, but I'm trying to get everybody here to say, okay, that includes me. Yes, that includes you. Prophecy is speaking forth in merely human words something God, now this is usually the key, that God has spontaneously Brought to mind. And that's where things get a little bit different. Because teaching is what you already know from God's word and you're explaining it, you're putting it out. That's really important. Prophecy is more spontaneous. And my wife Angela has always sort of described it, the, it's like a loud thought. It's like a loud thought. You're just like, I wasn't thinking that, and boom, God gives us something. And it could be a picture, it could be a word. A lot of times it comes from Scripture and we go from there. But it's spontaneous. God, I wasn't even think that, and we can give you example after example after example. of That's God speaking. Now, we're going to get into some guidelines, and how do we know it's God and all of that? Absolutely. God speaks today. He speaks to his people. It makes Christianity very exciting, because you don't know what's going to happen in any given day, in any given situation. It's for the building up of the body. It's also for this, as we're going to see, It unlocks things. And so it says that sometimes secrets get unlocked. So there's two parts to it, but we're going to get to that. So I'm going to try to answer some of the sort of five W's of these things. So who can prophesy? Any Christian can prophesy. We're actually to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. So any one of us can prophesy. However, some of us have been given the gift of prophecy, And that means we're going to function in a gift on a probably more often basis that's going to have maybe some more weight and some more clarity and some more good track record that as things get shared, people are like, yeah, God was really, I really felt God speaking to me. So any of us can prophesy. So at any given time, if you think in the context on a Sunday morning, any one of us who's a follower of Jesus can come and maybe say something that we feel God's saying, God's heart, God's mind, and speak it out. However, you're probably going to notice, and if I did a survey here this morning, who do you think has the gift of prophecy? You might say, well, you know what? Jody Ward shares a lot. And when she shares, man, I really feel like God's speaking to me. And there's a consistency and a track record that I think Jody Ward has the gift of prophecy. And I would say, I agree with you. (laughs) So some of us have gifts of prophecy, but we can all prophesy. So I don't want anyone to feel disqualified. At the same time. Not everyone has the gift of prophecy in this sense of a spiritual gift. So we can all prophesy, but some people have the gift of prophecy. We're all called to give. Some people have the gift of giving. We're all called to live by faith. Some people have the gift of faith. We're going to see how some of these things are. We all have, but then there's specific gifts as well. And a gift is something that's constantly displayed, both by use and accuracy, and it's a gift that can be used and developed to serve others. So that's trying to answer very quickly the who. The what is the content, and most of the time, the content is connected to the purpose, which we're going to get into, but the content of the prophecy, a lot of times, it's this. It's truth about God and about his people, and I'm going to give you some examples here in a moment, but the content is usually about God and how that connects to God's people, and we're going to flesh that out because that's kind of a broad term, I realize, but I'm just trying to help you out on the content of what gets shared. And we're going to see it's for our strengthening, encouragement, comfort, upbuildings, all those different things. God to his people. Also, it says this, that the content of prophecy could reveal secrets of the heart, and that can be a positive, and sometimes it unlocks and revives dreams and different things, and it brings healing. It can also do this, it can be a wake-up call to help people realize, hey, there's sin in my life, and I need to repent and turn to God, and God's on my case, and God, I can't hide anything from God. And that happens. Now, we have to handle these carefully, but that happens. And it's interesting that uh, I can think of a couple of examples of that one. I remember if you were at our church weekend, I think two years ago, Angela had one, and we were very kind of cautious as leaders. Should we share this? Because, uh, you know, it build-up, lift-up, cheer-up, as we're going to get to. But it just seemed there was a weight to it and a warning. And if you remember, Angela shared about she saw somebody who was juggling like sticks of dynamite. And it was really a warning to say, hey, you're dabbling and dealing with some sin, and if you're not careful, this is going to blow up, and this is not going to be good. And it was a warning. Now, in the context of our church, it was at our church weekend, so it was, a fam- it was family, we were able to uh, share that and bring some parameters to it. But that was God speaking, and it reveals secrets of the heart that people go, wow, God is here. And sometimes it can be very specific. And sometimes it brings a lot of healing. It's not just to reveal sin. A lot of times it's like God is very specific in saying, and a lot of times people say, man, God was reading my mail. How did, how did that person know that? That person didn't know that. It was spontaneous, revealed from God, and spoken out. Now, is it risky? Absolutely. Can it be abused? Absolutely. That's why we need parameters. But misuse is never corrected by no use. If Paul wanted to say, this is too risky, we're going to abuse the gifts and people are going to get hurt, he would have shut the Corinthians down because they were going crazy. (laughs) He doesn't. I would have wrote in the letter and said, guys, let's take a couple months out. When I come and visit you next, we'll pick things up there, but just shut it all down. It's too risky. People are getting hurt. Paul doesn't do that. He brings order and direction and correction, and that's what we're trying to do here as well. So there's content in it. And can I just say this? Because this is really important. People think all the time, well, we don't really need prophecy. We don't. God spoke through his word. We don't need God speaking today. We have enough revelation. Jesus is here in the Bible, which we're going to get to. The Bible is our plumb line. But folks, people are hungry. And the occult is this. You know what occult means? It means hidden things. So when we get into, so people, poof, and maybe some of us have been tempted, or some of us have, we're looking for some direction in life. We're looking like, God, if you're really there, we speak to me? So horoscopes, Ouija boards, magic eight ball, psychics, palm reading, have all skyrocketed. Why? Because people are searching. There's got to be something supernatural. There's got to be... But the occult, hidden things, it entices you and grabs a hold of you, but then it leads you into shame and secrets and down a wrong road. We're saying, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why? Because when he unlocks and reveals and speaks things, it brings freedom into the light. It's revealed, and God gets us out of the shadows. So the occult, hidden things, it will entice you, and we have demonic spirits in that that can reveal and are powerful and will, through a Ouija board, maybe speak to you, and you go, how did he? This must be true, but then it leads you to death. God might get your attention and say, how did God know that? But it leads you to life. So this is really important that we're, we're a prophetic people, that God's speaking today. Yes, he speaks through his word. Absolutely. That's our plumb line we're going to see. But he does speak to us in a prophetic revelation that brings build up, lift up, cheer up, but it also reveals secrets that leads to freedom in Christ. So it's really important that we're about this. What's the purpose? Why? Is there prophecy? It's this. It's for our build-up, our strengthening, and we're going to see comfort, correction, warning, direction, vision. So let me just take those one at a time. And I'm going to try to give you real-life examples. And what I've tried to do on all these examples, I've tried to pick things that were shared either on Sunday morning or in our tag meeting in the last three months. So real-life examples from our church of each one of these things. And I'm sure you can come up with many More. I'm just picking some and if you got left out, my apologies. I couldn't fit you all in. But I'm saying this is actually happening in our day and in our time in our church. Hallelujah. And we want to see more of it. I'm going to start with one purpose. Prophecy, this is I'm starting with this one, restores people's view of God and their identity in Christ. So this is if you're part of the church family. Prophecy restores our view of God and our identity in Christ. Let me read you a quote from a guy named Graham Cook, who we heard many years ago from his book on understanding the prophetic. It's a great quote, so I have to just quote it. I couldn't paraphrase it. This is what he says. The enemy and life in general can conspire to rob people of their identity in Christ. Many people have difficulty in establishing a relationship with God as their father due to their own poor personal experience in the family home. And how many of us can... Raise our hands to that. Hurts, wounds, rejections, and emotional trauma are a part of our lives, both before and after salvation in Christ. The good news is we serve a God who is committed to our healing and wholeness in Christ. Prophecy brings us, by direct verbal communication, into contact with God's real perspective on our lives and current situations. The goal of prophecy in this context is to open our eyes to God's love. And God's care, and to help us come to our senses and escape from the lies of the world and the enemy that has tried to entrap us. Prophecy reminds us in blunt but loving fashion of all that God has provided in Christ Jesus. Prophecy restores our soul, renews our mind, and revives our spirit. Hallelujah. And on January 18th, according to my notes, and I might have the date wrong. Or it might have been the 25th. Ben will have to help me out. Ben shared one Sunday, right about from here, about God being the God who can do the impossible. And with God, all things are possible. And what did it do? It reminded us of who God is. It lifted our vision. You could feel heads being lifted. Now, was he blowing smoke? Not not at all. He was reminding us of truth, of who God is and lifting us to say, that's God. It's restoring our vision of who God is and our identity in Christ. What else? Prophecy strengthens, it builds up and encourages and comforts. So here's different ways this can look. So I'm going to give you some real life examples. The prophetic word can speak of the greatness, the majesty, and the supremacy of God. Therefore, individually and together, we can say we're going to stand firm. And so Barb glant here a few weeks ago, read Psalm 65, and it's interesting, a lot of these come from Scripture, and then they go out. And Barb shared from Psalm 65, and then talked about how great God was, and this battle that we're in, and she was like, let's fight, we gotta fight. And you're kind of like going like, yeah, we gotta fight. <laughs> we're not gonna give up. God's, we're in a battle, but God's great, and God's gonna win, and God's with us, and we're with God, and therefore, we can keep going. We can endure and persevere. That's another example of prophecy. A prophetic word can relate to God's compassion, his forgiveness, his mercy, and we can approach God and be restored. And I think that's what, I can use Jody Ward's example from this morning, but I'm going to pick on Jody again from December 21st. We were back over at the convention center, and she got up, and she's like, God says, I do sinking ships, or something to that. I'm about, if you feel like you're in a ship that's sinking, God says, that's my business that I'm in. I'm into rescuing." sinking ships and that's god speaking to us but what does it do it goes like okay i'm not perfect my life's a mess but before i have to try to clean it all up on my own i can just come to jesus today (laughs) because my life is a sinking ship but that's god speaking it's like how did god i didn't come here this morning i didn't even know but god was god spoke to me through jody my life's a sinking ship but the good news is this god says hey that's what i'm into (laughs) so you can come to me. That's a prophetic word of God's compassion and God's forgiveness, which, what? Instead of us being like, oh man, God would never take me, I gotta get my life sorted. it breaks down the walls to say, God's prophetic word is, I'm coming to Jesus just as I am. That's an example of comfort. Another example, a prophetic word can release God's perspective, which brings confidence and hope in God versus discouragement. And we're always in a battle against discouragement. And so Dave McLeod, who shared this morning on February 8th, if you remember, another one that came first from Scripture, John chapter 20, about Jesus. And if you remember, in the tomb and the folded cloth. And from there, Dave talked about how Jesus, who was just raised from the dead, folded the cloth. And how easy it was because death was just destroyed. And that Jesus is the death destroyer. So a lot of you are going like, because you remember, because that changed the atmosphere of the meeting. Because you're like, I remember who Jesus is now. I kind of forgotten, got a little bit fuzzy, but oh yeah, Jesus conquered death. And if he conquered death, he can do anything. A prophetic word can release comfort into people's lives, made bitter by hardness and pain and difficult circumstances. So Byron Crisp, who's right over here, he shared just two weeks ago, March the 8th, about being in PEI. And if you remember, he talked about having a GPS system, and he was on a four-lane highway, but the snow there was so crazy, it narrowed it down to one. And you begin to question, am I on the right path? Can I trust the GPS? Am I on the right road? Am I lost? Am I I'm, get... I'm confused? And then he came out at the right destination. And he shared. That's like how we are a lot of times in our lives. We're like, we think we're hearing God. We think we're following God. But the circumstances look different from what I thought God said it would look like. But I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to trust God because he knows what he's doing. And even though my circumstances look different, I'm going to hold on because I know I'm going to get to where God wants me to be. And I'm here at the front when Byron's sharing that. And you can just see people. You can just feel the, the weight come off people's shoulders. People grew. I'm I'm positive. They're like this, and Byron's sharing that, you can just see people go, that's right, I am going to trust God. He does know where I'm going, and even though my circumstances look different than I thought they would, I'm going to trust God. Freedom, release, confidence in God. These types, of, so all these are just in the last few months. These types of prophetic words will strengthen the relationship between God and his people, stirring people's hearts, refreshing people's spirits, building up, lifting up, cheering up, and people are going to say, God is here. And when we say God is present, he gets acknowledged and glorified. So it all comes back to, it's a gift from God because it glorifies God. Now briefly, because these are other ones. Oh my goodness, time's going. Here we go. Prophecy. Can also bring correction and warning. So if you look at Revelation chapter 2 and 3, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, brought warning to the churches, didn't he? But these have to first be shared with church leadership because in a corporate meeting, our guidelines are is it going to build up, lift up, and cheer up? That's always your first checklist. And sometimes, as I mentioned that word from Angela, she brought it to leadership and we hummed and hawed and it was like, oh, well, we're not sure, but it just seemed like so weighty and like God is speaking and we want someone to be freed from sin. So we shared it. But a lot of the times, these ones are submitted to leadership. So I don't know if Marley's here um, today, but Marlee's one, a lady in our church, that a lot of times, God speaks to her, and she submits it to the leadership, because sometimes they're more like warning. She's like, heads up, I just feel like church is going through, it's going to be, and it's really helpful for us, because it helps us know how to pray, and when things happen, you're going like, oh yeah, God gave us a heads up about this one. And so there's lots of different ways that, beyond just Sunday morning, prophecy works to help bring correction, and warning. So those are a couple of examples. Prophecy can also bring direction and enhance vision. So some prophetic words have more specific content that could affect either direction of the meeting or helps bring vision and direction and faith to an individual and to the church body. And we've seen this probably happen more at our prayer meetings than anywhere else. And we gave the example many times now, but it's fresh and it's real. November 30th, we were praying for this land that we were going to put a bid on, and we as elders were like, well, we don't know what number, we don't know. And we brought it before the church, and that night we had an incredible prayer meeting. I mean, praying for the lamb was almost secondary, because it was just like, we were focused on the presence of God, and it was, it was awesome, I'm telling you. Prayer meeting, it, it rocked it. I can't brag about it enough. It was just like, lamb, what land? Because God's here, and he'll take care of it. And God spoke, and I'm not going to say who it is, because I don't have her permission, and I don't mean any offense to her by saying this, because she would probably say it by her own admission, probably the least likely of person to share. And she came and shared two things to submit to us as elders. She didn't share them publicly, because she wasn't sure, and that that was wisdom. But she had the courage to share. And she said, I feel all night I've given this exact number. So she gave us the number, and do with it as she did the right thing. She submitted it to the elders leadership and she said this I feel like we're going to come in second place but we're still going to get the land so she submitted that to us we had our elders meeting right after the prayer meeting and that number helped confirm cuz we were looking at a whole bunch of numbers and that night we didn't mention any numbers so we had, there was no and the number that she gave brought great confirmation and we went with that number so that's the body helping leadership working together and as you know, at the next day, at the tender bid, there were three bids. The first bid was lower than ours. ours the, sec- or the third bid was a company in the city that we know has lots of money and does all these things. And we thought, for sure, we're outbid right there. But due to a technicality, they were rejected, and we got the land. So prophecy can bring direction, and vision. It can come from we can all prophesy, and there's a good example of teamwork working together, leadership, the body working together. Okay, so that's a real-life example, just from the last couple of months. Prophecy can provide an agenda and direction for prayer. So when we pray together, you know what? It's good, and we're going to be praying tonight. So I encourage you to come on out 7:30 at our building. We're going to be praying, and this is it. We kind of come with our own agenda, but it's good to do this. It's good to ask God and to find out from God, what God wants to do, so then you can ask him to then do it. <laughs> Sounds simple, doesn't it? God, what do you want to do? So you tell us, and then we'll pray that back to you so it can get done. And at our last prayer meeting, we were canceled in uh, um, our last one, but in January, we had two things that stood out to me. So Debbie Tompkins is one who's here, and she led us on this whole thing of praying for our finances, and faith rose, and we were able to pray in and just lift that burden of our financial need and it was an incredible way of directing our meeting and I think it was John Robertson I couldn't quite remember so I think it was Robo talked about big prayers and prayers of faith and that led us we changed the whole agenda because it just like you know what God's speaking to us and we need to pray fresh new prayers of big prayers and the rest of the meeting changed because we're like okay guys let's just pray think of something big and what God's put on your heart and let's pray it because God's saying he's hearing us right now so prophetic words change and bring direction to our prayer meetings and as i've mentioned prophecy can reveal hard issues to deal with sin or to bring healing and release and i've already said many times people come for prayer or even what can get shared publicly and people are like it was as if god was speaking right to me 200 people here but it's like god was speaking to me i don't know if anyone else was in the room but god was speaking to me and on january i think it was 25th after I spoke pick on Ben again. Ben got up and he just shared this thing about his daughters and about coming to him and after they'd done something wrong and about shame and guilt and there's someone at the back of the room who we don't think is on her way to becoming a Christian. That That pierced her heart. And she felt like she's been coming on Sunday mornings, she's learning more about Christianity, but that, Ben shared that and all, it was like God pierced her heart. She started crying and she didn't know what was going on, so she ran out of the room. <laughs> Seriously, that's what happened. She ran out of the room because she didn't know. She's like, this is like when, God, when Ben started talking about father things and shame and guilt, she was just like, undone. Just like we read in 1 Corinthians. And she's like, God's here, but it scared her in a good way, and she ran out of the room. Now, Angela and I have been able to follow up. And that's been, that's unlocked a whole thing to then talk about Jesus and Jesus on the cross and forgiveness and she's right there. So God was speaking, revealing, and surely God is in this place. And sometimes we fall on our face, sometimes we run out the door, sometimes it's tears, but God is speaking. Whew, okay. The What? So all of this, and we read this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 22. Paul writing to the Thessalonian church, this is really key, he says this, Do not put out the Spirit's fire, do not treat prophecies with contempt, test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. So there's some help for us. That there's a big difference between false prophecy and poor prophecy. And most of the issues that we deal with are poor prophecy, not false prophecy. So people aren't predicting that we got another savior coming. That doesn't happen very often. We'll tackle them usually if they were about to uh, say that. A lot of times, it's just us learning, isn't it? Because God reveals, but we interpret what God's saying and then we try to apply it. And a lot of times in the interpretation and the application, we get it wrong. And Paul said back in chapter 13, it's like we see through a Glass, a mirror dimly. So we're all growing, and that's why we need, you know, grace to be able to make some mistakes, and we need leadership to protect us and work through those things. But here's the two extremes we can do we can do this. Someone might prophesy, and we can say, oh, that's just Fred going on again. (laughs) And we can dismiss what they're saying when Paul says, don't treat prophecies with contempt. So make sure we listen. To the content of whoever's saying it, and we're going to test and weigh it we also so that's one extreme we can just say oh well that's I'm not even going to listen we're not supposed to do that. The other extreme is this: we think what people say is like the Bible, and like once they latch onto it, it's a dog to a bone, and God said that, and I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. we have to be careful that we can sometimes think that when someone shares something prophetically, that it is even stronger than the Bible, even if it goes against the Bible. So those are our two extremes. We want to be open to hear, but we have to realize that we've got some checklists to go. So if you feel God speaking to you, here's some helpful things. In a meeting, at your life group, here's some things that it's good to run by, first of all. Does what I feel God saying to me, does it line up with Scripture? That's a good plumb line. Does it, is it going to build up, lift up, and cheer up? And if it's more of a warning than that, then you better, you should submit that to leadership first. Am I convinced I have something to share? Because I could share anything almost every week. God spoke to me this during the week, and all, but sometimes there's a burden that's put there that we know I feel this is for now. And am I willing for what I share to be weighed and tested? So if you're not willing... You just say, "Well, that's what God." and I just did my part, and if you don't think it's God, well then, da 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 da. Then you probably—that's probably not the right attitude. If I'm going to share, I got to be willing to say it's going to be weighed and tested, and maybe I got it wrong. But that's again an atmosphere of grace for us to grow. We need to be so. There's the content, and there's also the timing, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit who's leading the meeting. So in our meeting, am I listening to what other people are sharing? Am I listening? So I feel like God's got something for me, but have I listened to what Jody and Lisa have already shared? Am I speaking to build on one spiritual gift to the next? Is there a theme, an emphasis, a revelation, a direction the Holy Spirit is leading? So Gail picked it up this morning, didn't she? She's like, there was a theme. God was speaking, and I just want to give a testimony to that. She was connecting the dots to see that what God was saying. Have what I am about to share, has it already been said? Sometimes you might need not not need to say it again. But you can be encouraged. I'm hearing from God. I'm hearing from God. Three other people said what I felt God was saying. Even though I didn't get to share I'm not going to be depressed about that. I'm going to be encouraged because I was hearing from God. And it was confirmed through all these different ways. And there's teamwork. There's communication between the elders and the body, the worship leaders, musicians, even the AV crew is paying attention. Like, oh, i got to turn the mic on because somebody's got something to share. We're working together. We're testing and weighing. And we have leadership involved, because the elders are shepherds to help guard, guide, and govern. And we're here to facilitate. We say that every week, that we're helping to test and weigh. We're writing things down. We're writing things down and weighing them afterwards. How does this apply? Sometimes it affects our prayer meeting. Sometimes we just say, you know what? Don't really know. I think that part was it, but that part, you know what? We're going to hold on to the good, and we're okay to let that one go. What are some practical issues? There are some practical issues. When we were 50 people meeting in a room about this size, we didn't need a mic, because you could hear everybody. (laughs) So I know sometimes it feels like we're, as elders, trying to be more controlling. Honestly, most of the time it's this, we can't hear you over here and over here if we don't have a mic. And so as things grown, I led a meeting in England, 1,800 people. Jeremy Simpson has asked me to lead this meeting. I was just like, oh, Jeremy, thanks a lot. 1,800 people. And we still had spiritual gifts working with 1,800 people. But as you grow in size, there needs to be some more practical order to things. And so don't let that discourage you. The other thing is this. With 200 people, every one of you shared one thing for one minute. We're here a long time. So here's the most practical thing I'm going to say to you. Don't feel rejected if you come and we don't have time or something... It's not the walk of shame to come and then to walk back. And I had that one hap- I'm serious. I had one person come. They spoke to me. They went back. And someone after meeting said, I can't believe you didn't let them share. They would have felt so rejected. I said, they came to tell me someone left their headlights on out in the church parking lot. <laughs> True story. So we can't always assume that when someone comes forward, and they walk back, they don't have to walk back like this. There's a lot of elements that need to be considered. I would rather have 50 people come and we might get three people to share than nobody come. So, and we're trying to give you some principles that in your life group, if there's 12 of you and you each have something for a minute to share, that's 12 minutes. You can fit that into your life group. So that's a good place to practice. And I haven't even got to, I'm just doing it more in the context of meetings. We believe prophecy is available in everyday life, in your schools, in your workplace, and that's for a different time, because their time's gone here now. This is something that we can grow in, and I'm sorry, I didn't get the tongues and interpretation. We'll have to do that another day, because our time's gone. But quickly, just with that one, well, I have the slide. I'll just do two minutes, because we did mention it in the thing, Okay. So speaking tongues, if you take out the word tongues and you just said speaking different languages, that would cut out a ton of awkwardness right there, and speaking, it's a gift God gives, and it's a prayer and praise to God in an unlearned language, and we've had that many times here on Sunday mornings, and when it's done publicly, there needs to be interpretation, and interpretation is the gift to translate a publicly spoken tongue into, I couldn't fit it all into the screen, into the language of the of the group that's meeting. <laughs> so for us, most of the time, that's English. <laughs> that's our predominant one. But if we were meeting in some other context and country, the interpretation might be in Spanish or French, if that was the group that was meeting. And all we're saying on here is that that's to God. So prophecy is God to us. Tongues are from us to God. Anyone speaks in tongue doesn't speak to men, but to God. It's a prayer of praise. And a lot of the times when the interpretation comes and it's brought in English and it's a prayer and praise to God, it also builds our faith. And a lot of times, it's a gateway to prophecy because we're like, God is speaking to us. And if you have the gift of tongues, the onus is on you to look around before you share and say, do I know anyone here this morning that has the gift of interpretation? Because if I don't see anyone, so if I'm looking at Jody, is Trevor here this morning? Is Hazel here this morning? Is Ben here this morning? If I don't see any of them, I might say to myself i'm not going to give a tongue this morning because i'm not sure anyone's here with the gift to interpret it that's what paul's saying or you're going to be brave and he's going to say i feel god's given me a tongue and i'm going to pray that i'll get the interpretation because that's what paul says as well so either share it and pray that you give the interpretation and we've had that here on a sunday morning someone's given a tongue no one's interpreted it we go to them and say get ready <laughs> And they're like oh i'm praying for the interpretation <laughs> Uh, And God has been faithful. He comes through. And last thing is that on Sunday mornings, we also have testimonies. We have God stories. Gail was a good example today. It's not a spiritual gift. It's not prophecy or tongues or interpretation. But there's room for God stories in our meetings. So Lisa's been sharing, Lisa Jones, has been sharing over the last couple months, her brother passing away. And at different times, she's kind of given us a little update on what God's doing in her to encourage us. It's not Sometimes there's some prophetic, but well, it's just God. I'm just giving a testimony that God's at work and he's working in my life. That, we can do that and anyone can do that. And the key thing is this. It's preparation. How you, and we're going to end with this, how you come to a Sunday morning meeting or to your life group is vital for the church to really grow because if all during the week you're in the word of God and we read this, colossians three sixteen. let the word of christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs with gratitudes in your heart and when you're filled with the holy spirit ephesians five nineteen twenty one. 21 but be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melodies to the lord with your heart giving thanks always for everything to god the father in the name of the lord jesus submitting to one another at a reverence for christ so the holy spirit and the word of god produce the same fruit and so we want to come prepared, and when we come prepared, the expectation can change things, and that's what Lisa started out, we come by faith. So this morning, you can come two ways, and um, this is not a burden, it's just, you can come just saying, well, I've got to go to church today, or you can come and say, I wonder what God's going to do today. And even better, God, can you use me? I make myself available. I'm not quite sure, but I'm available. You want to speak through me? Here I am that's a different attitude, isn't it, between those two scenarios. And sometimes we're doing well just to get here. And as Jody shared, then we pick each other up. And some Sunday, if you're like, you know what, I'm not going to go today because I don't feel that God's going to use me. Come anyways. You're, you're going to be changed in this presence. And someone else is going to. But the next week, you might pull them up when you're doing a bit better. But it's preparation through the week. Prophecy, a lot of times, it just doesn't come it's hearing God's voice, and if you're like, man, God's never used me on a Sunday morning, then eagerly desire, but start practicing through the week. And can I leave you with one thing, just as to whet your appetite. I met with a guy one time, it was the most awkward conversation. I'd never met the man before in my life, but there was a pastoral situation going on, and I'll close with this. Someone asked me a big favor, Joe, I'm in big trouble, this is going on, can you just meet with this guy? And I'm like, I will awkward 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 because you know some of us guys are not good talkers and i've never met this man he was not a talker we're at a restaurant awkward that's all i can say (laughs) awkward and i'm trying to like and i'm getting like one word answers this is true story and i'm like God, what am i gonna do awkward have i mentioned it was awkward awkward (laughs) Didn't know, didn't know him, never met him before. I could have been meeting with the wrong guy, I don't know. I just, <laughs> sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is your name really? Because I don't think I'm meeting with the right guy. And God dropped this in my heart. I was trying to say, you know what, well, you know what, we're in a bit of a mess here. But God's always at work, and God can do things. And this is how God spoke to me. And it's weird, I know. All I had a picture was of a football, like American football, for some of our soccer friends. Um... And I've told you before, in American football, the quarterback has the helmet on, he has the mic, he has the earpiece from the coaches. He's the only one. You've got a green dot, that's the only person, and the coach can holler instructions to the quarterback who then makes the call. So that a lot of times you'll see the quarterback walking around, because there's 50,000 people screaming, and he's got his hands over his ears, over his helmet. What's he doing? He's trying to hear the call. So anyways... I shared this with this guy. I'm just like, it dropped in my heart. I'm like, God, I need something. So I'm like... Pfft. So I told him. I said, you know what? It's a bit like this. And I just said, you got to ask yourself, whose voice are you listening to when God wants to be that voice? Anyways, I didn't know this. He was a head football coach. So that prophetic word got his attention. It got us to a second meeting. That's, I'll just say, it changed the atmosphere. Of all things I could have said, he just looked at me. He said, I, I'm a head coach of a football team. God's speaking to you. Expectation is key. So, Ben, I don't know where we go. I'll just pray. Okay, our time's gone. So, if you're able, why don't you stand? And I want to pray here this morning, That God, by His Holy Spirit, would stir us to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy. Because it's going to bring encouragement and comfort and edification and strengthening. And it's going to unlock secrets that are going to lead people to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Father in heaven, I want to thank you this morning. You are God who gives gifts. You've given the gift of your son. You've given us the gift of relationship in him. We thank you that you speak today, that you're alive, that you've given gifts to your church. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. And I pray this morning for our local church, God, I pray that we would eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. God, I pray that we would be a prophetic people that come and remind us of who God is, or who we are in Christ, your purposes and plans. I pray that it would lift us, our heads, that it would give us courage and over-discouragement. It would give us vision and direction, that we would come expectant in our life groups, in our Sunday meetings. We meet together for coffee. God, I pray, Lord, you would speak through us at our workplace, in our schools, with our neighbors. I pray that you would speak through us, that would unlock secrets, that people would go, surely God is among his people. For your glory, God. That's what we desire, God. We ask for it, God. For your glory, God, we pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, I pray, Lord, you would speak to people even now. God, I pray for those who don't know you here this morning. I pray that this would be the first step of saying, I want to find out more about this God who speaks today. And God, I pray, Lord, for an unlocking. God, I pray for courage for us to be a people that desires to hear from you or to speak out your word, Lord, help us to correctly handle this gift, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know I went over.